Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Petty is just more fun. Yeah. It, listen, you can be yourself that way. At least I can be myself that way when I'm petty because I am petty. Yeah. I can be just that. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, which is where you can watch us as you just heard right now. Can oh, I tell you what's better than petty, though? Please. The primetime parlay. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're three straight now with primetime oh. parlays. I'm just saying. And I'm there are glad. three leg parlays, too. I'm glad you that horse that came up. through. That horse Look came through last night. The money gun. Let's go. Woo-hoo! Make it rain. Make it rain, baby. Make it rain, baby. Love it. Who's gonna clean Love that? Love it. Up? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that was nice. That was amazing. And I'll tell you what. I'm sorry I doubted you because I, I didn't even doubt it. I just had questions about, you know, the Matthew Stafford over two and a half yards scared the daylights out yeah, of me. Yeah, we took care of that in the first quarter. I know. Yeah. I know. The Cooper Cup thing was over by early third quarter. Yeah. 58 catches last night. How great was it to see Hafunga get that pick six? At that point, I knew definitively that the San Francisco 49ers were going to cover the two points. There was no question in my mind because that 9-17 to 17 score – Tell me how nervous you were with that when the Rams had the ball in the second half. I was nervous because it was sitting on 9-17 to 17 for a minute. What you don't want is that that one score just hanging around. Yeah. Even though the Rams were thoroughly outplayed. Yeah. It's just I, I hanging around. I wasn't worried that we were going to lose it, but what I was worried about it was going to be a push, okay, because the Rams are going to go down, and they're going to score a touchdown, and then you know Sean McVay is going to look at the card and it says go for two. He's going to go for two in that moment. Whether or not he makes it is irrelevant because – we don't have a chance to win the bet at that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if they miss it, they're still only down by two, mm-hmm. and the game could end like that. That's why I was we don't nervous. Need the push. I was nervous up until the Hafanga pick six, and then it was 24 to nine. I was like, there's no chance that we have to worry about not covering. Exactly. Yeah. And the next thing you know, that's three in a row, baby. Three in a row. And the prime pay time. attention in the prime time. I, only if you want to make money. That's on you. Pay attention. Your, your decision. Here's we, the thing, all, no we all have our journeys. We're not going the easy route either. I mean, no. we're talking about three-leg parlays. Yes. Come on. This is not, you know, this is not just, oh, I think we'll go over on passing yards for Matthew Stafford. Really? I, he hit the under last night. Normally, it's a pretty solid, easy over. No, we're not going the easy routes here. But not we, at all. But we nailed damn near every prop bet last night. Yes. Matt, every Sta- Matt Stafford one. over 35 and a half pass attempts. Yep. He threw the ball 48 times. <laughs> 48 times. 50, 56 dropbacks, brother. I'll tell you. Jimmy Garoppolo, over 225 and a half passing yards. Nailed that one. You know what I called last night? What was that like? It was kind of a rocking chair game. When you put a couple of bucks down, you need to sit back and enjoy it. There you go. Because a lot of times, so many times when you throw a couple of bucks, in, eh, it gets a little tense. It gets a little dicey. No, 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 no. Last night, sit back, rocking a chair. How happy are you that we didn't go with that Cooper Cup boost? Where if he catches, I mean, listen, if he catches nine and a half the boost, passes and scores a touchdown, that we, touchdown would have killed us. Yes, and the boost, the boosts sometimes are limited with how much you could put on it. So we yeah. wouldn't, have, we would have put twenty bucks on it. Yeah, but I, I was happy that I was happy that we won again. Yes. that's all. That's, that's it. all. We're not, we're, help, we're helping our listeners and our exactly. audience make money. It's not about us and what we're putting in our pockets. Yeah. That's what Micah Parsons winning the MVP is about. Yeah. This is about you. It's about you, and it's always primarily about you. But I feel like we have to make this about the Los Angeles Rams too, right? Well, because, because 
watching that game last night, it was more about the Rams than it was the 49ers. That was embarrassing, Chris, especially for that offensive line for L.A. This was why going into the game, it had a feel for me of one that could just get away from them quickly, and it didn't just because Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good enough to make it go away quickly. He was fine, but he wasn't a guy who's going to open that game wide open. The the Rams look like a team that is just frankly running out of it. Yeah. But they don't have anything left. When it comes to the offensive line, it looks like a mess. When it comes to their inability to run the football, it looks like a complete mess. Mm-hmm. And I got to ask another question: Can you throw? Can anyone else besides Cooper Cup or Tyler Higby catch the football? Because it seemed like every single time that is who is getting targeted. Where is Allen Robinson? I mean, where is they, anybody they else? They might as well put him on a milk card. I mean, for Pete's sake, I, Chris, I talking to people out there in training camp. They couldn't wait to see what Allen Robinson was going to ask. That guy's just appeared. He's been nowhere. Yep. And the Rams' defense, they have a couple of stars, but there's not enough there right now for them to win games consistently. There's just not. No, and their stars can't have the kind of impact on the game that can stem the tide of the other team building momentum. And that's what we saw last night. Like, you're expecting Aaron Donald to do Aaron Donald kind of things and wreck the game and get a couple forced fumbles on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, credit to Kyle Shanahan, he didn't let Aaron Donald wreck the game because Jimmy G got the ball out so quick. There's only two other quarterbacks in football that get the ball out quicker than Jimmy G. The average snap to throw time is ridiculous. So they understand the limitations up front. They also understand the limitations of their quarterback, which is why they get a lot of catch-and-run opportunities for their receivers. And, Carlin, when you really start to break down the skill position core for the Niners – it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better skill position core top to bottom around the National Football League. Think about it. You've got George Kittle, arguably the best tight end in all of football. you got Debo Samuel, the best Swiss Army knife at the wide receiver position. you got a guy in Brandon Ayuk who is as, as explosive as any wide receiver when he gets his opportunities. And then you got Kyle Juszczyk, a fullback that can catch the ball out of the backfield and break a, a, a five-yard completion into a 40-yard game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how that's how elite their skill positions are, and they're not whole. They're going to get Elijah Mitchell back at some point, but Jeff Wilson Jr. did a good job of filling in last night and getting the tough yards in between the tackles. The only thing that I worry about with the 49ers is the interior of that offensive line, and they took another hit yesterday because the backup to Trent Williams also went down. So they've been doing a lot of shuffling up front, and it's hard to scheme around having a bad offensive line. And I think that's the reality that Sean McVay is dealing with on the other side with the Rams. Well, here he is on the game last night and what went wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to make any excuses. You know, we, we've got to play better. The things that we didn't do to execute, you know, you don't take away any credit from the 49ers, Jordan. Um, but a lot of it was just things that guys that we're counting on didn't do what they're supposed to do. Um, and so clearly that makes me think that I've got to do a better job and we got to do a better job as an offensive staff providing clarity to our players for as many MAs as what occurred tonight. Well, that's all fine. The Rams look like a team whose window is closing pretty quickly. No doubt. And if they're going to keep that open, there's really only one way to do it, and that's blank more than picks. That's it. Yeah, they don't have a choice, Carlin, right? They've already gone all in on this approach and less need wearing the T-shirt at the parade that says F them picks. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to keep doing that in order to infuse this roster with more talent that can make a difference. They're because right now, because right now they don't have it, Carlin. Like they, yeah. they need more edge rush help. There's a void 
now that Von Miller has gone over to the Buffalo Bills. There's a void now that Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer in that locker room. They don't have a game-breaker that scares an opposing defense. That's why the 49ers came after Matt Stafford. They blitzed him 17 times last night. Now, for context, the San Francisco 49ers, including last night's game, they are 31st in blitz percentage. D'Amico Ryans usually uses a four-man rush. Now, it's a damn good four-man rush because you got Nicky Bosa yeah. and Eric Armstead. That helps. But he usually just uses a four-man rush. But last night, he had no reservations about bringing extra defenders in the pass rush, bringing five and six guys. You know why? Because he doesn't worry about those guys matching up one-on-one on the back end. He doesn't. Nobody scares him, including Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's going to get his. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of catches. They weren't worried about But him. they weren't worried about Cooper Cup blowing the game wide open. But when you got Odell Beckham Jr., then you worry about those explosive plays over the top. You know, And they don't have that element in their offense anymore, which is going to leave them susceptible and going to exploit or exacerbate the issue that they have up front with their offensive line. So... I said it before the season. I thought the Rams were going to be on the outside looking into the playoffs. And last night didn't do anything to assuade me or move me off of that position. This is going to be a team that struggles all year long. Are they going to be able to bring in those two guys? And can they make a difference? Let's let's just throw out a couple names, okay? They need an offensive lineman. Yeah. You're going to trade a future first-round pick for an offensive lineman who hasn't quite gotten paid yet and a team doesn't want to pay? I don't know about that. You might have to, though. You're going to trade a second-round pick this year for Robert Quinn? I would. Yeah, I probably I would, would he's too. A, he's a damn good pass rusher. Yeah. I, would. I mean, uh, Chicago, basically, you're doing if, the same if, thing if, you did if, with Von if Miller. If Chicago would move off of him, I absolutely would. Oh, I think at some point Chicago's going to move yeah, off if of him they by would, the deadline. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's exactly what they they would do exactly what they did with Von Miller last year. Yeah. So you got to try to keep pushing it off, and at the very least, they've got one to show for it, but it's going to take... It's going to take a miraculous impact by at least two guys to come in and try to save this season. And I think that's the difference between this Rams team and last year's Rams team because Von Miller was the missing piece last year. This year, I think it's going to take a couple of guys. And, Carlin, that's what you see when you realize a team has mortgaged so many draft picks in order to get proven veteran talent. First of all, you're up against it against your salary cap because once you acquire those veterans, you got to pay them money. And that's top of the market money you know what I mean as opposed to drafting a guy and getting him at well outside of the signing bonus league minimum you have controlled costs you get relatively cheap prices when it comes to those players and your hope is you would get the premium talent and so that's where the Rams are at right now and in order to extend this championship window in order to get a return on investment on the money you just paid AD and the money you just paid Matt Stafford in extensions you're going to have to mortgage more future draft picks Otherwise, your championship window is slammed shut. And the reality is, you're not going to the playoffs this year. I have a feeling it might be slammed shut anyway. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on ESPN Plus, the Rams will play the Cowboys this week. And we got some clarity on their quarterback situation. We'll tell you about that in 60 seconds. First, though, guys, if you are suffering from hair loss or worried about your hair, you got to check out Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts. The sooner you take action, the more options you're going to have for keeping and restoring your hair. Bosley has both surgical and non-surgical solutions to help you keep the hair you have and grow thicker, fuller hair where you need it the most. Now, right now, Bosley is giving away a free information kit and a $250 gift card 
toward a procedure. Just text Carlin to 203203. That's Carlin to 203203. You don't want to wait when it comes to hair loss. Trust me on that. You just got to go get the information and learn what you can be doing right now to keep or grow your hair. People trust Bosley. They're truly the leaders in hair restoration. They have the most experience in restoring hair, and experience matters. So what are you waiting for? Get your free Bosley info kit and a $250 off gift card when you text Carlin to 203-203. Again, text Carlin to 203-203 and get your hair back with Bosley. Jerry Jones told us earlier today on 105.3 The Fan and his uh, seemingly hourly radio show <laughs> where he, that in fact, uh, Dak Prescott would not be available this week. He is out this week because he cannot grip the football right now. So with how well Cooper Rush is playing, is it possible that he could replace Dak if he keeps winning? So is there an amount of games or, or a record or a win streak that would change the plan this year? No, no, no. I think uh, we've, uh, uh, as I see it right today. In other words, Cooper's not going to be the guy when Dak is ready. Mm-hmm. Now, having said all of that, I'm not surprised by it. I never thought that there was going to be a real controversy to it. But my real issue here is, if you're the Cowboys, are you disciplined enough to recognize what worked for you the last few weeks and stay with that as opposed to shifting it over? I know it's something that, has come up quite a bit, but I have trouble believing in the discipline of the Cowboys to stay the course when Dak is ready to come back. Well, I think it's clear that it's a formula that everybody in that locker room is buying into. Whether Cooper Rush is the quarterback or Dak Prescott is the quarterback, I think it's a formula that people know will win football games, not just in the regular season, but but in the postseason too. We're going to run the ball. We're going to protect the football, take shots and play action when they're there, and play really, really good defense with arguably the most fearsome pass rush in the National Football League. Carlin, you tell me, when does that not play in an NFL season? Mm -hmm. That always works. And so with the Dallas Cowboys, knowing what they're capable of doing defensively and keeping the games close, there's no reason to get away from what has become the strength of this team, which is the run game and quiet as it's kept, that offensive line. We had questions of what they would be once Tyron Smith went out of the game. Carlin, there ain't no questions about this offensive line. They're solid, both in the run game and in pass protection. Tyler Smith has done a good job of fitting in. Jason Peters stepping in and playing left guard has been a godsend. I I like the direction that this Dallas Cowboys offensive line is trending in, and if they can continue to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, I think it's going to make life easier for everybody, no matter who the quarterback is. You know, you don't you, you look at the numbers so far through the year and they're not exactly eye popping. I mean no. they're they're bottom ten in running the football in yards per game mm-hmm. and they're only getting four yards a clip. Yeah. But the more important thing is that it's improving. Yeah. It's getting better. And you're right, they believe in that. My my thing here with Jerry is I, I've heard this from so many different people and I just think you got to realize the situation. Like with Jerry, I give him credit that he is just right now flat out squashing that, right? Mm -hmm. Because a couple of weeks ago, he was saying it just based on wanting Cooper to play so that the question could even be asked. But for anybody that's really asking the question and believes that Cooper Rush should be playing over Dak Prescott, what does it say to them, Chris, that we want Dak to play, 
but we want the Cowboys to keep playing the same way and not go back to the way that Dak was playing. Because that's that's kind of interesting, right? Does that speak more to the style of it and that's just not working? Or does it speak more to the way that you think that you are maximizing Dak's talents and that doesn't mesh up with winning football games. Well, it's not about maximizing Dak's talent or getting the return on the contract that you Well, in order him. to try to win games, but that actually doesn't win you games. Well, yeah, we saw that last year, right? They were mm-hmm. the number one offense in the NFL, and what did that get them? Yep. An early exit from the playoffs. So you realize that's not the path to victory. That's not the formula for success in terms of being able to get to a Super Bowl. What has to be the identity of our team in order to win a championship. And I think they've stumbled onto something because Cooper Rush has been thrust into action. Here's the deal, Carlin. The strength of the team is the defense. We knew that coming in because the best player on the team is on the defensive side of the ball. And, oh, by the way, Demarcus Lawrence and and, and Dorrance Armstrong and Donovan Wilson and Trayvon Diggs, those guys aren't bad in their own right. Those guys can play football too. That is the strength of the Cowboys team. And what complements that strength? An offense that can play ball control. An offense that can win time of possession. An offense that doesn't squander possessions or field position. That's the win. When you watch that primetime game against the Giants, the Cowboys held the ball for almost 34 minutes. Mm -hmm. Guess how much rest that gives that defensive line. When they come back on the field, they got their ears pent back and they can rush the passer. That's exactly what they need to do. The offense is a complement to your defense. And as long as Kellen Moore... And Dak Prescott see that game the same way, and they call the game as such. Dallas Cowboys going to win a lot of football games. This is a double-digit win team if they play it the way that we've seen it on offense with Cooper Cup with Dak Prescott steps back in the lineup. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, which, by the way, is where you can watch us live every day by just opening the ESPN app and clicking the watch bottom uh, watch button on the very bottom of the screen, right there. Boom. We're right there for you. By all means, join us that way. In just moments, we will get more insight into not just the Cooper Rush situation with the Cowboys, not just the Rams, but also into the Tua Tungavailoa situation with the Dolphins. Tua is testifying today, or at least uh, talking to the investigators today, about the injury uh, from last week and how it all went down uh, in the concussion protocol. So all of that in just moments. Be a part of the Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hit us up at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. And in college football season, without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Should the Cowboys be actually considering continuing to play Cooper Rush? And is the Rams championship window closed or closing? 888-SAY-ESPN. Lines are open for you. We'll get to your calls shortly. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Where exactly is the Rams' window right now? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. i got to put another 20 in the jar. Yes, you ESPN. keep doing it. I don't know you why. You keep doing it, man. I it's the ESPN why. app. The ESPN app. Yes. That's it. And it's, yeah. Get rid of it. Get it out of your head, man. Clean it up. Yeah, we maybe take, take some of the money that you made last night on that parlay. It wasn't enough. I mean, listen, if I made enough, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joins us right now. Jeff, let's start with last night's game. Hey, How what are you? was the deal? How what was the deal with the app? What did you say wrong? I said ESPN Plus as opposed to because now we're on the ESPN app. As Wait, is is to, it different? It is. It is. This is that. This is ESPN Plus is a pay service, and this is on the free side. So you can just click it, Jeff. Open up the ESPN app, and there we are, Jeff. It's something that doesn't make sense to us, but from yeah. my hey, experience, no, when it doesn't it makes, make sense, it makes money. So we just go with it, if right? My, uh, if my paycheck clears, it makes great sense. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Exactly. Every Thursday, we're just fine, Jeff. <laughs> All right, let's let's start with last night, Jeff. And we were debating this a minute ago. Is the Rams championship window closed or closing at the moment? Oh my God! Seriously, guys? Yeah, They're seriously. Yeah, but Jeff, look at two. their offensive line. Look at how thin they are. I know, I know. I get you know, that. you I know mean, every part of why we're talking about this. It's not just your typical hot take stuff. It's actually legitimate if we're looking at what we're seeing right now. I think. I, I mean, so are the Bucks, for instance? Is their window closing too? No, like, no, they, they had a bad night. The but other let's night. look at what the who the Bucks have played in their first four, four games two. versus who the Rams have played in their first four games. Yeah. A little I'm bit of a difference. Like a Rams guy. Maybe I'm just feeling like a contrarian today. I just think two and two, like there's that's I mean, I hear you on the depth, especially on the offensive line. I hear you on Matt Stafford. Stafford to me is a, is always kind of a little bit of a wild card. But yep. I think they've got enough time um to kind of figure out the identity and, and maybe, you know, get themselves on a better path. I you know, week five I think is is still plenty early to kind of redefine your season, uh, you know, tied for tied for first in the division. I don't necessarily see the 49ers as a team. Like, I'm more bullish on the Rams, even after last night, than I am on um, the 49ers. It's kind of like when the Dolphins beat the Bills. It's like, wow, cool, the Dolphins figured it out. But there's not a 
a part of me, and it's, I know it's different to the Bills and the Rams, but there wasn't a part of me that was like the Dolphins are better than the Bills. I just oh. I think that eventually nine out of ten times that game goes the other way. Okay, but I, I think I'm I'm basing it not on records or anything like that because you're basing it on personnel. I I, I'm basing it on personnel and what I see, and they don't look good at all yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and where is Allen Robinson? That got like I know. Did he even I show thought, up? That's in very LA? surprising. Yeah, because uh, I really I thought he was going to be a very good acquisition wherever he ended up, and uh, seemingly so far not the case. I mean that that is one great point about that I will definitely like. They're going to Cooper Cup way too much. Like the reliance on Cooper Cup completely generating the entire team's offense uh, feels like a disaster in the making. You just can't do that week in week out. So they're they're going to have to find a way to get. Robinson or whoever else more involved. Jeff, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones never never met a microphone or a camera that he didn't want to talk in front of. And so, you know, with a guy that says one plus one equals three, sometimes it's hard to understand what he's saying. So we do want to play this clip from you from 105.3 The Fan down in Dallas and get your interpretation of what Jerry Jones has to say about the status of Dak Prescott. Take a listen. It's better. He's uh, uh, going to go out there every day and uh, make progress toward being able to grip the ball. Considering the location of the injury, I don't know that you can make any more progress. Is he able to grip the football now? Uh, No, not well enough to uh, uh, play. We're just starting the week. Let's see how the week goes. Help me understand whether Dak Prescott is going to be available against the Rams this Sunday, or does this sound like Dak Prescott being around for week six against the Philadelphia Eagles? Jeff, what did you make of it? Well, here's the thing. I know Dak really was eyeing this week. Uh, he was the one who really wanted to play this coming week. Uh, I would be far more curious to hear at some point if Dak wants to play than whether Jerry thinks he can play. And um, when we're talking about – and I say that not because, gosh, I mean, I know we should be letting teams also dictate the status and health of a player. But when you're talking about gripping the football, like can Dak throw the ball or not? And I think if you ask him – he'd probably have something to say about it. Now, it's, I think the reason that we're even having this conversation is because everybody's wondering, is Cooper Rush somebody that the Cowboys actually really want to like, play the hot hand here? And to, to that end, like, if I'm Dak, I'm like, I got to get back on the field and reclaim my team. You know, there, maybe there's not a quarterback controversy right now, but if there is one owner slash GM in the entire universe who is capable of turning this into – a quarterback controversy, it's Jerry Jones. So if I'm Dak, I'm saying I can grip the football just fine. Let's go. Uh, I'll be very curious to see if this becomes contentious in any way. Dak knows how to play it. He'll, he'll do what's best as long as he's getting the assurances he needs from management in the front office, uh, i.e. Jerry Jones. If, Jeff. if things start to go a little weird and he's starting to feel like maybe the team wants to see a little more of Cooper Rush, then absolutely you better believe that Dak Prescott will be walking around that facility gripping a football as tight as he possibly can. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. All right, the Tua situation, he's talking to the investigators today. Um, What is your read on how this is going to play out the rest of the week? I don't anticipate Tua telling anything. If If my conversations with people in the organization are a reflection of how Tua feels. I think that he will be very, um, very much on the on the same page as the Dolphins. Um, and whether that's whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, 
Um, I, I, you know, I think that Tua has made very clear to people that he felt okay after that Bills game, that he did not believe he suffered a concussion again. I understand what I'm saying, this, that everybody's saying, you know, we all saw it. We know what we saw. I'm just telling you my understanding of Tua's perspective of this situation is that he doesn't necessarily think that he suffered a concussion. Uh, I would imagine that's exactly what he tells the NFL. Uh, I would imagine that's exactly why this policy eventually changes and stumbling or staggering uh, becomes a automatic no-go situation where a player can't re-enter the game. But that is not necessarily on Tua or the Dolphins, but rather the NFL, the NFL Players Association, and the policies that they uh, negotiated on their own. Jeff, just as a follow-up to what happened over the weekend, we saw that the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant was fired. Do we expect any other discipline for the Miami Dolphins athletic training staff or the Miami Dolphins team physicians who all had a hand in the decision for Tua to go back in the game? Do we expect any form of accountability or discipline in that front? I'm specifically interested in the doctor who, along with the – the unaffiliated uh, neurological consultant. Um, I'm curious what happens with that uh, because he definitely was willing, as Mike McDaniel said, to put Tua back in the game. So I'll be curious to see how that goes. Otherwise, um, I would not anticipate anything because, again, it's very important to point out here that the NFL and the NFLPA created this policy to take the power out of the hands of the teams when it came to concussion protocol. Uh, and that is that is by design the way that this process is supposed to be intended. So if they do find flaws in this, perhaps they do say, look, the Dolphins should have handled it better in the following days. But the Alan Sills, the chief medical officer for the NFL, himself said that he was tested every day between the Bills game and the Bengals game. He passed concussion protocol. He was cleared by the NFL to be able to play in that game. So the NFL seems to be siding with the Dolphins. The PA seems to be willing to say that their neurological consultant was at fault. And the question, also, of course, becomes if anybody uh, is negligible on the part of the Dolphins, I would imagine it would be the doctor who said that he could go in that will be facing the most scrutiny. Wow. Jeff, appreciate it. Thank you, as always. Excellent stuff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. That we'll we'll get into it. In a yeah, second. we we need a little more time to breathe on that topic. Yeah, yeah, we'll discuss in a moment because that presents a whole new group of problems that need to be addressed with the league this week and with the concussion protocol. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Also, want to make sure that you join us on SiriusXM Channel 80, which is where we are as well. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You also heard Jeff say that he was more bullish on the Rams than the 49ers even after last night, but does Vegas agree with him? Hmm. It's always good to check in with our friends in the desert, as Brent used to say. <laughs> we will do that in moments. Canty and Carla, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
dived. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, and we had a moment on Monday Night Football last night, Ball Mamba, where a fan jumped out on the field, and I guess he was carrying some kind of, you know, smoke thing that was releasing some red smoke and running Uh. around, but his mistake in his game plan was running close to the Los Angeles Rams sideline because one Bobby Wagner had had enough of it. And he had a perfect form tackle and essentially rendered the fan. I was worried about the fan. In that moment, I felt like we needed to put the fan in concussion protocol how hard Bobby Wagner hit that dude. There was gross motor instability with that fan after Bobby Wagner hit him. So I don't know that people fully understand this when they go running onto the field. But that's what you have to be scared to death of. Not of going to any kind of a stadium jail or anything like that. But one of these guys just absolutely decking you, and you don't even know what that feels like. You might think, oh, I can take a hit. No. No. No, no you cannot. No. Let me share a little story, okay? 2003, I was working on sidelines for a game down in Miami. Sean Taylor, who was playing at Miami at the time, comes running over to make a play on the sideline right in front of me. He had that shield on his the face. The mirrored visor, yeah. Yes. It looked like a death robot coming at 100 miles an hour right at the center of my chest. And it just clipped my left arm a little bit. Uh-huh. I couldn't move it for two days. <laughs> Chris, the other day I'm in a football practice at Rutgers, and a ball came sailing over to the sideline. I reached out to grab it, and like some of my muscles hurt from that. And it's not only about me, it's about the idea that if you think running out on the field is a good idea, when these guys could absolutely come and drill you, you're out of your mind. Yeah, it's a bad game plan. But here's the beauty of what happened last night. It didn't show it on the main broadcast on ESPN, (laughs) but the Manning cast, Peyton and Eli were not above it. Take a listen to their reaction to Bobby Wagner decking that fan. There you go. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Yes. Oh, yes. That's what we're talking Wagner. about. Wagner, Bobby. a veteran, right? Get him down. Now get out and tackle. let these guys take over. Oh, Bobby Wagner, a... veteran play. He had some smoke going on there. Yeah, he's got a T-shirt on. I mean, he's promoting something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how they both appreciated Bobby Wagner taking it upon himself to knock that fan the hell out. Unbelievable. I, I, I don't get what the running on the field thing is. I don't get it. It's attention. They want attention. And that's why these broadcasts make it a point not to show it. But not the Manning cast. But the guys. Not the Manning cast. No, and he he had giant letters on his shirt, and none of us still know what he was promoting at any point. That was a little bit strange, what we just heard from Jeff. Not Jeff himself, what he had to say, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, but more so about what the contents of it were in Tua Tonga Vailoa 
not believing that he had a concussion last week or not wanting to believe that he had a concussion last week. In case you missed it, this is what Jeff just said with us about seven, eight minutes ago. Alan Phils, the chief medical officer for the NFL, himself said that he was tested every day between the Bills game and the Bengals game. He passed concussion protocol. He was cleared by the NFL to be able to play in that game. So the NFL seems to be siding with the Dolphins. The PA seems to be willing to say that their neurological consultant was at fault. And the question, also, of course, becomes if anybody uh, is negligible on the part of the Dolphins, I would imagine it would be the doctor who said that he could go in that will be facing the most scrutiny. Okay, what am I missing here that Tua doesn't think he had a concussion? The NFL is going based on these tests that they don't think he had it. Yet we saw all of the classic signs of it in not one but two different instances. Yeah, how the hell would Tua know whether or not he had a concussion in that moment if he's concussed? Well, but that's the thing. Isn't that supposed to be part of what we've just seen a lot the last couple of days? A part of changing what the protocol is and not trusting what a player is going to say, not just from he wants to be back out there standpoint, but also from that. He doesn't know. He doesn't know, Carlin. He can't reason. His cognitive ability is impaired. And so that's why we have to rely on the symptoms of concussion in order to diagnose it, Carlin. I mean, in in real time, you have the baseline test, but there's also the eye test, right? Yeah. You have to use the clinical symptoms in order to make a judgment call. And in this instance, the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant and the team physician for the Miami Dolphins made the wrong call. Now, we've we've held the unk accountable because that guy is fired, but I want to know what the Miami Dolphins are prepared to do with their team doctors and the guy specifically that made the call that agreed with the unk and saying that Tua was ready to return to play back in week three against the Buffalo Bills, especially after the video that we saw. Because here's what's at the heart of the problem with the concussion protocols, Carlin. Although we do have the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants, one on the field and one in a booth, the ultimate power lies with the team doctor that is designated to make the decision on return to play. And it's spelled out in the NFL's own concussion protocols policy. It says, for the avoidance of doubt, the responsibility for the diagnosis of concussion and the decision to return a player to a game remain exclusively within the professional judgment of the head team physician or the club physician designated as responsible for the diagnosis and management of concussion. Carlin, a part of the fundamental issue with that is that the team doctors work for the team. They're not going to do what's necessarily in the best interest of the players as much as we want them to. As much as we believe that doctors adhere to the Hippocratic Oath, it's not necessarily the case when you're talking about billions of dollars being involved with these football clubs. Let me ask you a question. As a player, how much did you trust the team doctors? It was a case-by-case basis, but with the organizations that I played for, the team doctors were pretty buttoned up. Now, I will say this without any equivocation. Ronnie Barnes, who was the head athletic trainer for the New York Giants, just went into their ring of honor. He's also a senior vice president in the New York Giants. Ronnie Barnes had more juice than the head coach, and everybody knew it. So it didn't matter if the head coach or the GM wanted you to play. If Ronnie Barnes didn't clear you, you weren't going out there. And thank God for Ronnie Barnes and athletic trainers out there like Ronnie Barnes. Because even though this is big business, they weren't going to compromise a player's health, both in the short term or in the long term. You can be critical of the Giants being conservative when it comes to injuries. But guess what? You don't have to worry about those guys having, you know, 
the the adverse effects that we've seen some players deal with long term because they're going to do everything that they can to try to protect those players, and I am a living witness for that. I just I would have trouble trying to navigate a situation where I didn't trust in medical personnel who were treating me because they didn't have my best interests at heart. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.